Amen. In, in our men's lunch, our call has been, our, all, all of these years, our call has been uh, to be men of God, to be men who are bold, uh, to be men who stand for the glory of the living God, uh, to not be ashamed, but to stand for Jesus Christ, to, to point to the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, to stand on his truth. And that, that has been our call, that has been our purpose, that has been our desires, that we would truly be men of God, men who will stand for the truth of Jesus Christ. Now, be very sure today, as, as, we, as sure as we say that, uh, understand that is counter uh, everything in our world. Our world today says fit in. Uh, we raise our kids to fit in. We, we ourselves, uh, we want to think we're individuals. We're, we're, we're pe- uh, people that want to fit in. Uh, the world today says to look, look like everybody around you, look like everybody else. Our world today leads us to compromise. And yet the truth is, again, all the way back to the start of this men's lunch, uh, the need is for us to be men of God, men of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and to take a bold stand for our Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, let, me, let, me, let me tell you something today. I cannot imagine, and I'm being very honest with you, anything worse than to live all of your days, go through all the days of your life, however long that is, and to get to the end, and to have done nothing of eternal significance. I, I can't imagine, and, and, and I, I can't even picture that. Uh, you could say, sure, I survived, I made it. Uh, maybe you built a business, maybe you made a bunch of money. Uh, maybe you had some fun along the way. Maybe you did some things, went to some places. But I can't imagine to get all the way to the end of your days and for none of that to matter because you've done nothing of eternal significance. That, that's got to be terrible. That's got to be the, the, the biggest regret. You know what? I, I went through these days. I burned up these days. And I absolutely did nothing of eternal significance. Well, today in our men's lunch, uh, we're in the second week of, of looking at the life of King David. We started a couple weeks ago. We've missed a couple weeks. Uh, but today we're going to pick that back up. And we're going to see the difference between a bold man and just a man. We're going to see the difference between a man that attempts and accomplishes great things and a man that just survives. A man that is successful in living for an eternal purpose, a man that has a purpose, or a man that just exists. You know what? I'm afraid a whole bunch of us have just gotten into patterns have just gotten into routines. You know what? We're making it to Friday and we're trying to make it to retirement and then we're trying to make it to the coffee shop and weeks are going by and we're not having our eyes set on making an eternal difference. Well, today in our account, a whole bunch of verses, we're gonna see the difference in a man that does bold things for the glory of God and a man that just exists. Now, today is a large account. Uh, it's, it's probably for sure that one of the best known biblical accounts uh, it is probably for sure the best known account about David. Uh, I'm going to read this account. It's the account of him as he kills Goliath. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull out some things along the way. And then I'm going to come and pull out the main thing at the end. Now, I'm, I'm in 1 Samuel. And, and the, the account starts in chapter 17. Again, a whole bunch of verses. And you listen as we move through it. Now, the Philistines gathered their armies for battle. And they were gathered at Socha, which is belongs to Judah, and they camped between Socha and Azekah, 
And Saul and the men of Israel gathered and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle array to encounter the Philistines. The Philistines stood on the mountain on one side while Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with the valley between them. Then a champion came out from the armies of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had a bronze helmet on his head and he was clothed with scale armor, which weighed 5,000 shekels of bronze. He also had bronze greaves on his legs and a bronze javelin slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam and the head of the spear weighed 600 shekels of iron. His shield carrier also walked before him. Now the first thing we see here is we see Goliath. We see these two armies. The, the army of the Philistines are camped on this side. The army of Israel is camped on this side. And it says a champion came out of the army of the Philistines. Now I want you to understand what a champion is. A champion was a man that fought to the death. That's what he did. He fought to the death. Now the fact that he is still alive tells us he was successful. He was, he was good at his craft. He was a killer. This is a man who killed people for sport. He was a killer. Uh, it tells us his height there, his height translates to nine feet, nine inches tall. So he comes out of the army nine foot, nine inches tall. His, his plate of armor would have weighed about 150 pounds. And he walks down and he stands there in the valley. The hired killer, the killer for hire stands there in the valley. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel and said to them, Why do you come out to draw up in battle array? Am I not the Philistine and you servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we will become your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, you shall become our servants and serve us. Again, the Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. The word, the word there in verse 10 is defy. I defy the ranks, all the entirety of the army of Israel. That word means this, I publicly challenge you. It, it comes with, with an attitude of disdain. It comes really seeking to embarrass them. Every man here, every rank of this army, I defy you to come down and to fight me. He looks at him with disdain. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David was the son of, Ephra, of the Ephrath of Bethlehem in Judah, whose name was Jesse. That was his dad. And he had eight sons. And Jesse was old in the days of Saul, advanced to years among men. The three older sons of Jesse had gone after Saul into battle. Three of those sons belonged to the army. And the names of the three sons that went to battle were Eliab, the firstborn, the second to him, Abinadab, and the third, Shammah. David was the youngest. Now the three oldest followed Saul. They belonged to the army. But David went back and forth from Saul to tend to his father's flock at Bethlehem. The Philistine came forward morning and evening for 40 days and took his stand. Then Jesse said to David his son, Take now for your brothers an ephah of this roasted grain and these ten loaves and run to the camp to your brothers. Bring also these ten cuts of cheese to the commander of their thousand 
and look into the welfare of your brothers and bring back news of them. For Saul and they and all the men of Israel are in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. His dad says, you know what? You're going to carry lunch to your brothers. You're going to carry some food provision to your brothers. You're going to take some cheese to the commanders of their division. Not only that, while you're there, check on the welfare of your brothers. Really probably check on the welfare of the battle. And then come back and give me a report. Verse 20. So David arose early in the morning and left the flock with the keeper and took the supplies and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the circle of the camp while the army was going out in battle array, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines drew up in battle array, army against army. There's one army over there. There's another army in here. They're shouting their, their battle cry. Then David left his baggage in the care of the baggage keeper and ran to the battle line and entered in order to greet his brothers. As he was talking with them, behold, the champion, the Philistine from Gath named Goliath, was coming up from the army of the Philistines and spoke these same words, and David heard them. Again, for 40 days he had done this. It just so happens on this day that he's brought the food. He also catches the time when he does this. When all the men of Israel saw the man, they fled from him and were greatly afraid. The men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who's coming up? Surely he's coming up to defy Israel. And it will be that the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who were standing by him saying, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? The people answered him in accord in one voice with this word saying, Thus it will be done for the man who kills him. Now, I want to stop right here and show you the, the, the first truth that we see here. First truth is this. See what's happening here. These armies are opposing each other. Goliath comes and he makes a threat. David comes and he happens to be there when he makes the threat. And all of these men say, you know what? The king's offered a bounty on this guy. You know what? The king has offered a bounty. In fact, he says, what is the bounty? And all of the people in unison tell him what the bounty is going to be. Here's the first truth. Others, most of the time, are unwilling to do bold things. Others, most of the time, much of the time, are unwilling to do bold things. But do it anyway. Do it anyway. I, I want you to see these folks are all there. The army is all there. You know what? That should have been an encouragement, but it's not. They're, they're there and they're discouraged. You know, we can't do this. And in unison, they say, if somebody will do something, the king is going to reward them. Here's, here's what I've, I've figured out in life. Cowards like company. You ever figure that out? Where these guys should have been encouraging each other, when these guys should have said, you know what, I, I know you, and maybe you, maybe you watch me as I go do this. Cowards like company. It says in unison, they tell him there's a big reward. The first truth is this. Others are unwilling to do bold things. You know what, do it anyway. Do it anything. All right, keep continuing on, starting back in verse 28. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. He's, David's asking, what's going to happen? 
And Eliab's anger burned against David. And he said, why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? He's making fun of him. I know your insolence and the wickedness of your heart. For you have come down in order to see the battle. But David said, what have I done now? Was it not just a question? Then he turned away from him to another and said the same thing. And the people answered the same as before. Already we see the second truth. And the second truth is this. Others do not like it when you take a bold stand. Others do not like it when you take a bold stand. You know what? Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Think, think about this brother. He's the oldest brother. Uh, he, he, he may have been the biggest brother. He's for sure a lot bigger, a lot stronger than David. And it infuriated him that David was stepping up. It, it upset him that David was stepping up. Let me, let me tell you something. Human nature, for whatever crazy reason, is never to lift people up. If you figured that out, human nature is always to pull people down. You know what? You know what? You're not fit for that. You know what? You're, you're too young for that. And instead of encouraging him, he wanted to tear him down. Here's the truth. When somebody decides they're going to do big things, and I'm talking about today, when somebody says, you know what? I'm going to live for an eternal cause and I'm going to set that precedence in my house. I'm going to set that precedence at my workplace with these that I work around. When someone says, you know what, I've decided on, on my own volition that I'm going to live to the glory of Jesus Christ, people hate it. People hate it. People talk about you. You know what, I, I remember him. They, they run you down. They, they try and discredit you. Watch them. They're not going to pull it off. Others do not like it when you take a bold stand. You know what, do it anyway. All right, continuing on, starting back in verse 31. When the words which David spoke were heard, they told them to Saul, and he sent for him. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fall on account of him. Don't be worried about him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine, the guy that brought lunch. Then Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. But you are a, for you are but a youth, and he's been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been tending his father's sheep. And when a lion or bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and attacked him and rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them since he has taunted the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. Here's the third truth we see already in this account. Third truth is this. Others do not think that you're able to take a bold stand. Others do not think that you're able to take a bold stand. You know what? Do it anyway. Do it anyway. I, I want you to think about Saul. Do you know why they picked Saul as the king? Because he was tall. Because he was big. Saul was the leader. Saul was the man. Saul was the king. 
Saul was the warrior. Saul had killed his thousands or later is going to be the song that they sing. This is the one that if we want somebody to go, we're sending the big one. We're sending Saul. If we need a leader, he is the leader. If there's going to be a fight, we're going to send him to the fight. And yet he seeks somebody else to go. And when he finds him, you know what he says? You, you can't do it. You're a kid. You're a youth. This guy, he's been killing people since he was a kid, since he was a youth. You can't do it. Let me tell you this. People today will say to you, you know what? I've decided to live for Christ. You know what? I've decided to make an eternal difference. And people are going to say, you know what? You're not good enough. People are say, you're not smart enough. People are going to say, no, you can't, you can't speak. You, no one's going to listen to you. You know what? You don't know the Bible. You, you don't know the Bible like that. You know what? We know your past. We know what you've done. We, we know all the sins that you committed. You can't do it. The world says when somebody decides to do a bold thing, you can't do it. You know what? That doesn't matter one bit. Do it anyway. All right, the account continues. Verse 38. Then Saul clothed David with his garments. What a coward. Wear my stuff. And put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with armor. David girded his sword over his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. So David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. And David took them off. He took his stick in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. And he put them in the shepherd's bag, which he had even in his pouch. And his sling was in his hand. And he approached the Philistine. Now listen, this isn't a kid's story. This isn't something that, that some nursery rhyme that we're going to paint somewhere in somebody's nursery. This is an actual physical historical event. There was a time a 14-year-old kid set aside the armor of Saul and he picked up five stones and he put him in his pouch. In order, he approached the Philistine. Then the Philistine came on and approached David with the shield bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him. He couldn't stand him for he was but a youth and ruddy and handsome in appearance. They send this kid out to fight with me. The Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come with me at sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his own gods. The Philistine also said to David, come to me. And I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. Listen to this. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day the Lord will deliver you up into my hands and I will strike you down and remove your head from you. Sometimes we forget the second half of this. And I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines Listen, he tells him, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not only going to cut your head off. I'm about to take out this whole army. And I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of sky and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, that all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel. And all the assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Now listen to this. Then it happened when the Philistine rose and came near and drew near to David, that David quickly ran toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand into his bag and took from it a stone and he slung it. And he struck the Philistine in his forehead. 
and the stone sank into his forehead so that he fell on his face to the ground. Listen, thus David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and he struck the Philistine and killed him, but there was no sword in David's hand. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword. He took Goliath's sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. Sometimes we forget. You know what? He, he said he was going to cut off his head. You know what? He, he stands in victory over this big, this big warrior and he cuts off his head. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. The men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the valley and the gates of Ekron and slain Philistines. Listen to this. Lay along the way to Sharam, even to Gath and to Ekron. The road is full of dead bodies. They pursue this army and they take them down and they kill them and the, the road is filled with dead bodies. And the sons of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines and they plundered their camps. Then David took the Philistines' dead head and brought it to Jerusalem. But he put his weapons in his tent. What is the point to all of that? That's a pretty awesome account. What, what's the point to all of that? What, what are we to take away from all of that? And let I me mean, just tell you, I hear all kinds of application. I hear all sorts of stuff. What is the point to all of that? Well, let me, let me tell you today, we're about done. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you what it's not. It is not that we're going to go out and kill a bunch of giants. It is not that we are strong. And it is not that we are brave. I hear whole sermons about you are strong and you are strong and you are brave. Listen, it's not that you're strong. It's not that you're brave. It's not that you can't lose. I hear folks say, oh, you can't lose. You can't lose. That's what this tells us. You can't lose. It's not even about us. Did you hear what I just said? This whole account is not even about us. In fact, really, really it's not even about David. This whole account, listen to me, is about the one true living God. That all the world would know there is a living God. This whole account is about our God. Let me read some verses back to you. Verse 36. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them since he has taunted the armies of the living God. Listen to verse 45 and 46 again. Then David said to the Philistine, You've come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day the Lord will deliver you up into my hands, and I will strike you down and remove your head from you Listen to me very carefully. It is all about God. It is not about David. Listen, it's not about us. It is all about God. Do you realize only God, a living, true, powerful God, could take an army of cowards and a hypocritical wimp of a king and a 14-year-old lunch delivery boy and leave a powerful army 
face down dead, defeated in the streets. See this today. So what did David do? Here's what David did. He trusted God. That's all he did. He trusted God. He believed God. He, he, he believed God. He knew God and he knew he was faithful and he knew he was powerful and he knew God to the extent that very simply, what did he do? He trusted God. He wasn't a match for that guy. He trusted God. You know what? If God doesn't act, he's dead. If God doesn't act, this guy's going to slaughter him. He knew God, so he trusted God. I, I want you to hear this as we wrap it up. Listen. For us to be who God has called us to be. Listen, God has called you to be something. He's called you to point to his name. He's called you to lead your wife. He's called you to lead your home. He's called you in a dark and dying world to point to Jesus Christ. If you're ever going to be what God has called you to be, it will not be in your strength. It will not be in your bravery. But it will be in radically, crazily, in the knowledge of God, trusting God. Trusting God. Isn't it something? Listen to this. How are we saved? Not by works, not by might, not by willpower. All of these years later, listen to me, it is still in trusting God. You know how we're saved? We're saved by trusting God. We're saved in knowing who Jesus Christ is. He's the payment for sin. He's the Lamb of God that takes away our sin. He's the risen Savior, the risen Lamb that stands victorious. And listen, it is still in trusting God. Death is defeated in trusting God. Sin is defeated in trusting God, just like Goliath. The victory is won in trusting God. Here's the question. Do we trust God? Do you trust God? Do you trust him enough to stand up? Do you trust him enough to listen to God's word and to put it to practice? Do you trust him enough to trust him with your salvation? Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? The answer all of these years later is trust God. Glad you're here. I'm going to ask if you'll stand, please. Glad you were here. Be back next week. Bring somebody with you. Let's pray. Mary Father, we come and I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful as I read about David that we're going to see he's a terrible sinner. We're going to see he has good intentions. He messes up. But we see that he knew you. And Lord, I pray for the men in this room as we sit here today that we would long to know you, to know you to the extent that the world loses its significance to know you to the extent that the world loses its pull, to know you to the extent that we become faithful, bold in knowing you. Lord, I pray for some here that don't know you as their Savior. I pray that in the truth of the gospel that there's forgiveness in Jesus. Today they look to you as their Savior. Lord, I pray for us here as, as men that are husbands, men that are employees, men that are maybe retired, men that are granddads. I pray that there will be a people that are bold, and that the fruit of their life is that there is a living God. The truth proclaimed. Lord, help us in that. Empower us in that. Forgive us where we fail to mess that up. But use us moving forward. Lord, we tell you, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen.